Welcome to the Cine Sisters True Crime Podcast, full of all things true crimey, murdery, and ghoulishy. Ghoulishy. I'm Shay. And I'm Amanda, the ghoul. We're trying this again because I we just realized two minutes ago that I pressed play instead of record, and I have to redo this. Fun. And that's Bella, if you heard the meow. Today, on this week's episode, we are going to learn about Robert Picton, who is from Vancouver, British Columbia, and is one of the worst serial killers in Canada to date. I'm really excited you're doing this one because I actually don't know a ton about it other than I followed it along when I was young. Right. And I remember like hearing about all these things, but I never actually like got to hear like the full story, like what happened. So I'm really excited about this. Totally. So when we first started talking about starting a podcast and a true crime podcast, we discussed how it's kind of difficult and it's going to be hard to narrow down just one and decide to talk about just one. How do you pick just one person to talk about? Like, how do you Especially when pick you're someone? Indec- indecisive. Yeah, and I am the most indecisive person <laughs> so in the I. universe. So is Amanda. So I came up with the idea of looking up birthdays of my family members and seeing if they shared the same birthday as a serial killer. Maybe a, that's a little creepy, but it's kind of fun. I like and it. And messed up all in one. So came across this one actually not knowing that Robert Picton was a Scorpio, like Amanda. I'm a Scorpio. Hi, I'm Amanda and I'm a Scorpio. Hi, I'm Amanda and I'm a Scorpio and I'm working on it. (laughs) (laughs) So not only is he a Scorpio, he was born on Amanda's birthday, October 24th, if you'd like to know. (laughs) I love it. Is it so Gandalf? It's so Gandalf. Oh, that's good. (laughs) See if you catch that reference. He was actually born in Port Quick. Coquitlam, British Columbia, not Vancouver. The lower mainland? The lower mainland, if you want to call it that. If you're from the lower mainland, you call it the lower mainland. And if you're from somewhere else, in, anywhere else in British Columbia, you call it Vancouver. <laughs> Robert Picton, a <sighs> former pig farmer and Canadian serial killer. He was born on October 24th, which we just talked about. He was born on this farm, a pig farm. He had one brother and one sister. He was not close with his father. He was more close with his mother, but his mom was known to be... She just worked her kids really hard, like right to the bone. Basically, it sounds like the moment he began to walk, he was working on the farm. And they spent long hours on the farm. The farm came first, the pigs came first, and his school life really suffered because of it. The farm life came before cleanliness as well. Him and his brother would go to school and they would arrive in muddy, poo-covered clothes. They got the nickname, I don't know if David, sorry, his brother's name is David. Mm -hmm. His name is Robert. And I don't know if David also got this nickname, but Robert for sure had the nickname called Stinky Piggy. Oh. So, like, you can imagine he probably had, he was bullied, you know, like, he was picked on and... He had a hard childhood, for sure. No fun in his childhood. Yeah, and I think sometimes, like, we definitely talk about, like, the pasts and stuff and, like, how they grew up. It doesn't mean they get a free pass for being a dickwad, but it is important to know how these serial killers are created, like, kind of what they 
were about before. Did mm. you just say serial crullers? <laughs> crullers. Are we talking about a cruller or a criller? <laughs> I could really go for a cruller right uh, now. His sister, actually, his dad didn't think that a farm life was a place for a little girl to grow up on. So he sent her away to live with family, not on the farm. So I don't even think that they were close. I don't know how much of a relationship they had as they grew up. She lucked out. But yeah, she was not part of the farm life for sure. Another little backstory on his childhood. When he was 12 years old, he saved all his money up to buy a baby calf at an auction and decided he was going to raise this baby calf. And it was like his friend, his, his pet, right? Like he loved this baby calf. Trigger warning. From here on out, everything is gross. Everything is yucky. You're not going to feel good about this, you know? There's some very graphic information coming. Yeah, so if you're easily triggered, just, you know, skip to the next podcast. You don't want to hear this shit. Yeah. So one day when Robert came home from school, he went to go find his baby calf and feed it and love it and all that stuff. And you can imagine maybe what happened. He looked all over the farm for it, couldn't find it, went into the house, asked his mom if she had seen it, and she was like, oh, well, I guess you should just go look in the barn. She knew where it was, and he goes in to the barn, only to discover that his pet had been slaughtered. Dead. Who slaughtered it? Did somebody, like, punch it, or, like... I couldn't find this information. I'm going to guess his dad did it. You know, like, he's trying to probably take any kind of emotion out of his son i don't know i don't know any farmers personally but you do need to have a certain kind of messed up skin i don't even think i would call it thick skin but if you can murder your pets don't pretend like you are a hero you like raise them and do not tell me that you are a normal human being no You cannot, like, love something, raise something, nurture something, just to slaughter something. It is not. And if you do it enough times, I think it changes who you are and the way that your brain works. And Mm -hmm. so they say about, like, slaughterhouse workers, they're, like, they're more likely to beat their wives. They're more likely to get in fights. They have more violent crimes because it it will change who you are. Hugely violent Being around constant violence will change who you are. It kind of just makes it okay in your life. I think so. And it kind of invites it into your life, too. It's crazy like, how we you can't. That's some psychological shit right there, for sure. So, as you can imagine, Robert struggled in school. He didn't have high grades. He, he didn't even have good grades. And he dropped out at the age of 14. This was obviously in, what, the 60s at this mm-hmm. point, right? So nobody had to go he to school, He didn't have to I graduate. Yeah. A lot of people did just fine. Yeah. He became a butcher after he dropped out of school and worked as a butcher and really liked it for seven years of his life. He was a butcher around more dead animals. Cool. It was very normal him to be around dead things. It's a recipe for a serial killer. After the seven years, he quit and moved back to his family's farm to work and take care of things. And, you know, his family, his parents were getting older and they needed the help. I don't really know what happened. His mom and dad both died, like, very shortly after one another, and Robert and David inherited the farm. And in 1996, they started getting very overwhelmed with all the work, and they sold part of the farmland for $2 million. I don't even know how much of land they had total and how much they sold, but they made a pretty penny. Mm -hmm. 
David moved into the house on the farm and Robert lived in a camper on the farm. Okay. Don't know why, but I guess they just wanted their private space. They started a non-profit business called the Piggy Palace Good Time Society. <laughs> Sounds really creepy. Like what? What do they do? Say that 10 times fast. Piggy Palace. T- so they no. just, I don't know. It was a non-profit organization. They registered it with the Canadian government. Yeah. Really, all they used it for was to charge people to come to their farm. They held dances, parties, plays. Weird. I don't know. So they had like just like the pigs hanging around too? And special events. Well, yeah, there was pigs, but not, they converted, what they did was converted a, they had an old slaughterhouse building on their farm and they converted that into the barn where they held these special events. Wow. Who wouldn't want to get married there? (laughs) I don't know if they had weddings, but (laughs) oh my God, imagine. (laughs) Oh, Actually, now that I'm saying this, if anybody watches The Office, that would be a very Dwight Schrute thing to do. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> like, so this Dwight. is screaming Dwight Schrute. Some of these parties and raves they had as well attracted mm-hmm. over 2,000 people at one time. They were huge, and they were well-known in the area, and people went there often. I actually went to a college, went to college with a woman who attended one of these parties, or maybe po- possibly multiple parties on the farm. I remember talking to her about Robert Picton because this was in 2010. So he had already been, you know, arrested. She said that David, the brother, was like really outgoing and nice, seemed pretty normal, but Robert never spoke to her. And he would always be seen sitting on like the sideline of the party, just like watching people. Mm. I mean, this is all alleged information. Totally. (laughs) But this is what she told me. One time, actually, she needed a ride home after a part after the party at the farm that she attended, and he, Robert Picton, drove her home. Yikes! She freaking like she dodged lived. a bullet. She dodged a bullet, and I think that she knew that because she she seemed grateful. Kind <laughs> of mess you up a little bit, though. Like totally. Like, can you imagine knowing Robert Picton? Oh no, I don't know. It's messed up. A few years go by and Robert got into a routine of working on the farm during the day and then going, he started going into downtown Vancouver and he frequented a bar called Astoria. That was his favorite bar to go to. And he was spending his money frivolously on prostitutes and would bring them back to the farm with him. Back to his camper? Back to his camper. (laughs) Yeah. On March 23rd, 1997, a woman by the name of Wendy Estetter reported she was stabbed multiple times by Robert in an altercation she had with him on the farm. He handcuffed her, but she was luckily able to get away, barely clothed and covered in blood. An elderly couple seen her on the street and brought her to the hospital. She did get a few stabs. Into Robert herself oh, in good. this struggle. So he did He did not come off unscathed. And he actually went to the same hospital to get treatment. No. Like, he was, like, curtains down from her or something. No shit. There were cops, like, there at the that cops, point? The cops, yep, they were called. Okay, he so she... was arrested and charged with assault. What a badass woman. Mm-hmm. You fight him off. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be nice to be Wendy? Ugh. Good job, well, Wendy. Well, well okay. Sorry. Now, <laughs> yeah. now, like knowing that she lived, like she yeah. survived Robert Picton. 
one of his first attacks probably. Totally. Right? Like, like, I feel who like knows? If, if my option were to like live or die, but if my option were to never have met him at all. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, good job, Wendy. Good job, Wendy. You're a badass bitch. Yeah. Uh, the charges actually, so he was arrested, charged with assault, but released on a $2,000 bond. And the charges were dismissed, actually, what? to lack of evidence in January 1998, so months later. What? What more evidence do you need? Because Wendy was actually too terrified to testify and didn't show up to the court hearing. Oh, okay, that makes sense. She didn't want to see his face. She didn't... She, I think she had maybe just accepted what had happened and just wanted to move on. Yeah, Is totally. my guess, allegedly. I get it, Wendy. You do you. So eventually, Robert and his brother were found to be violating zoning ordinances and using outbuildings for other purposes of what they were actually built for on their farm. Like so, raves and stuff. Yeah, like they weren't actually allowed to be having these parties, I mm-hmm. think. Their charity name was removed, and they were told that they weren't allowed to have any more parties on the property, or they would face arrest. At this time in Vancouver, specifically downtown, if you've ever been to Vancouver East Hastings, you know what you... Maybe you shouldn't go there. I would rough, say avoid it place. as avoid it as much as possible. You know when you accidentally like get turned around and you're driving to like your hotel downtown and you end up on East Hastings. It's a scary place. It is. Like you're like lock your doors, keep driving. Like the the wildlife is wild out there. It's wild. And not saying that they aren't have they don't have a hard life, but there's just a lot of so what it is is a lot of Homeless people, drug addicts, prostitutes. It's a, a rough area. Yeah. And you do not walk down here alone. No, it's definitely like a place like, yeah, you don't walk down even during the day. You don't you even, don't. no, dr- day, night, you just avoid the place at all costs. And yeah. I mean, there are warning signs. You see the people. So, I mean, one time I went there and my husband and I, we, for some reason, we just kept getting turned around and we ended up on East Hastings every freaking day. Somehow. <laughs> At one point we seen, I looked down and there, I shit you not, no pun intended. <laughs> I, I looked down and there was a human turd on the ground with a needle stabbed into the turd. Ugh. Like this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. We have a very serious, <laughs> we have a problem. We have a very serious addiction, homelessness problem in downtown Vancouver. And there doesn't seem to be any plans to fix it. I don't think anybody has any ideas on how to fix such a thing. And so it is just a problem. Yeah, it's kind of just dealing with it as people come kind of thing. And yeah, that's a whole other story, honestly. Let's be real. Many women were going missing and many women were being reported missing. But because these women were said to be living high risk lifestyles you know they were either drug addicts homeless people they didn't want to be found so when their families reported the missing the police really just didn't take it seriously whether or not that it's because they were living a high-risk lifestyle who knows or if police were just thinking well what kind of money are they going to make from finding these women right like a horrible thing it's a horrible thing and you can't find people down there and like good luck yeah and it was hard for police to track these women down they, they just, because of that, they didn't put a lot of effort into the investigations or investigating the disappearances. And over the next three years, it was noticed that women who were going to Robert's farm were then going missing. Hmm. Weird. Weird quinky dink. Weird. On February 1st, 2002, a tip came in from a truck driver who had just made a delivery to the farm saying he's seen illegal weapons being stored there. On February 6th, police were able to execute a search warrant for illegal firearms on the property. 
Both men were arrested, but, of course, released the next day. Mm -hmm. But during this first search for the illegal firearms, police found an inhaler on the property prescribed to a known missing woman from the area, which actually led the police to obtain another search warrant as part of the BC Missing Women investigation. And the men were arrested again. Police found blood absolutely everywhere, all over the house, all over the walls, soaked through Robert's mattress in his camper. They found a woman's body in the garbage can outside of Robert's camper. A whole body. A whole body. So he wasn't like cleaning up nothing. No, this probably just happened the day before. He was like, oh, okay, I'll just throw her in here for now. I love that he just like got released from jail from the first charge. And then he like just like murders somebody. He did not cover anything up. He was he wasn't being careful very. At all. I really think he thought he was invincible. He's a sloppy serial killer. And actually, I did read something. I don't know if this is true, but read it on the internet, so maybe it is. I don't know. Allegedly, it's when he interrupts. was younger, he hit a child with his vehicle. He was young, like I think he was a teenager. He went home, told his mom about it. And allegedly, his mom w- drove out to where the accident happened, got the kid's body, and buried it somewhere. Wow. Like, covered it up. I don't know if it's true. Interesting. But if it is, that would make sense as to why he thinks he's so invincible. Like, you just get away he, with he gets away with things, right? It took police over 20, the next 22 months to collect all the evidence and DNA from the farm. There was just so much. 22 months. And there were both brothers in jail like the whole time? Yes. Uh, Robert was actually interrogated for 11 hours when they first arrested him, but got nothing out of him. Really? Um, and, and then an undercover officer was sent in to pose as Robert's cellmate. And bro started talking. <laughs> Singing like he, a canary. Yeah, he thought he was his cellmate and fellow criminal, and he bragged that he was going to get away with it and was aiming to get an even 50 murders. That was his goal. He had a goal? He had a freaking goal. What to a goal. To kill 50 like, maybe, women? Can you just have like a normal goal? Yeah, I know. Like, like make more money in five years. You know, get your GED. Get a like, promotion you know. at work. Yeah. Buy a house. Yeah. Get a new camper. Yeah, I don't maybe, know. Maybe get a car. Yeah. I don't know. Wife? Ugh. Anyways, so actually David was let go after the police determined he was not part of it. He said that he had no idea about any of it. And the police didn't really press and they let him go. Weird. And that was that with David. It was very quick. Like. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they realized that, like, it was Robert, like, the whole time. And maybe, maybe, like, he just really... Because they didn't share a house, so, like, maybe he really didn't know what was going on. Personally, I think that if me and Amanda lived on the same plot of land, and she lived in the house, I lived in a camper, and she... Or opposite, and she was murdering people, I would probably know. You would definitely know. Like, I know so many things about you just, like, living in, like, the same... You know what I mean? Like, I know what you're doing. I I pretty much know what you're doing at every minute of every day. And if I don't hear from you within, like, 20 minutes, I'll, like, message you and be like, what are you doing? Creepy. Are you grocery shopping? (laughs) Like, are you pooping? Like, I need to know. (laughs) But, like, yeah. So I'm just a little skeptical of David saying he had no idea. But, okay, they obviously determined that he had nothing to do with it. We'll just believe them. We'll just continue on. Body parts were found in the freezer. But 
how was he disposing of the bodies? Yeah. Right? That's the, the main question. So there was, like, pieces of bodies there around, but there was no, like, full bodies. Yeah. Okay. Except for the one in the garbage And bag. if you haven't heard about this case, I mean, it was absolutely huge in Canada, so pretty well known. But if you haven't heard, it gets really gross. <laughs> Trigger warning. Trigger warning. <laughs> Theories were he told the cellmate he was disposing them, disposing the bodies at the West Coast production plant, which was where farmers sent animal waste products, so things like hot dogs could be made. <gasps> DNA was found on the meat grinder at the farm. He was likely feeding them to the pigs on the on their farm, but and majority of people would buy from his farm. They bought local meat <gasps> from him. Okay, I did not know this. Yeah. Do so, does this mean somebody ate a, a human hot dog? There was actually like the health authority of the province sent out a warning saying that if you did buy meat from the area, it could be that you were eating pigs that were eating dead bodies of women, of these women. <gasps> so yeah, we, we very much likely like, I really liked hot dogs, hot dogs back then. Oh yeah. Me too. Like what year was it? Like 2010? No, it was 2002. Oh, 2002. So I was definitely eating maybe meat two thousand three, maybe two thousand four. But yeah. we were eating meat. Oh yeah, we probably ate some. I wonder if it was like a Costco hot dog. You, you the thing is, you just never know, right? Ugh. Okay. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Disgusting. Don't eat hot dogs. Yeah, don't eat hot dogs. God, even that's nasty. You don't know what you're eating. You don't know. You just have no idea. At this point, my eyes started to twitch. <laughs> just yeah, I feel like a little sickly. Yeah, I feel sick too. It's likely the pigs that were sold to the meat people for meat, those people were eating digested murdered women for oh, sure, right? Oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> Within hours of officers arriving with this search warrant, going back to February 6th, the property became the site of the largest crime scene search in Canada's history. Wow. Excavations continued at the farm through November 2003, and the cost of the investigation is estimated to have been around 70 million Canadian dollars. And, well, not that it matters. After we get into the millions, it's, it's a shit ton of money. Yeah, Canada loves to give away money. So we love it. It's fine. So as of 2015, the property has been fenced off and is under a lien by the Crown in right of British Columbia. In the meantime, all the buildings on the property, except a small barn have been demolished. Yeah, good. Uh, forensic analysis proved difficult because the bodies may have been left to decompose or be eaten by insects and pigs on the farm. During the early days of the excavations, forensic anthropologists brought in heavy equipment, including two 50-foot flat conveyor belts and soil sifters to find traces of human remains. Oh, my God. Uh, so on February 22nd, 2002, Robert was arrested and charged with the murders of, of Serena... Abbott's way and Mona Wilson because at this point he was out on bail right yeah. god on April 2nd he was charged with the m murders of 25 more women um I would read out all their names but maybe I'll just write them in the Instagram in the Instagram whatever, post because yeah. like I don't want to not give them like we want to acknowledge we, them, I want to acknowledge them but, but maybe also, they don't there's want their so names. many and yeah. yeah so Robert Pickton's trial began on January 6 2006 and he was charged with actually, a, there was 27 first degree murder charges, but one was dropped due to not, there wasn't enough evidence. A total of 26 murders. Wow. 
The jury deliberated for two weeks and found him not guilty to first-degree murder, but guilty to six counts of second-degree murder. The judge sentenced him to six maximum sentences of sec second-degree murder in Canada, which is life in prison without the possibility of parole for 25 years. This was huge in Canada, and info actually wasn't released to the public until 2010. Because he had already received maximum sentencing, he never was put on trial for the other 20 murders. There really wasn't a point. He's in yeah, jail exactly. for the rest of his life. Yeah, right? it like, cost enough money to do the trials. We've spent yeah. enough money on this douchebag. Yeah. As of now, he's been charged for 26 murders, convicted of six murders, admitted to 49. Wow. There has been 80 unidentified DNA samples found on the farm. <gasps> unidentified? Unidentified. DNA. That doesn't mean that it's like a dead person, right? True. But also, so, like, but if you think about, like, how many, like, people are missing and their family don't have DNA for them, so they can't, like, make those connections or whatever. Yeah, for sure. In 2016, guess what Robert did? What? He wrote a book. Oh, I was going to say, did he get married? No. <laughs> wrote a book about himself. Of course he did. And about the murders. It was a 200-page book about how he was innocent and, it, and how it was pinned on him. And somehow... He got this book on Amazon. It was no being shit. sold on Amazon. And he was he getting the royalty or the money for this? Well, I don't know about that, but there was like, as soon as it was found out, there was a huge public outcry, obviously. Yeah. And the book has been obviously removed from yeah. Amazon. I don't know if you can buy it anywhere. Also, why would you want to? I'm not buying it. Technically, there is a thing where murderers can't make money off of their crime, right? Even in so, Canada? I, I'm... I think so. I would imagine. I would imagine. It's definitely in the States, so yeah. I, I'm, I hope so. Yeah. He's now 72 years old and is possibly at the Port Cartier Institution in Quebec, which is located about 600 kilometers northeast of Quebec City. Mm. And they don't say for sure where he is. They won't. It's that makes a, sense. It's a privacy act in Canada. Protect the murderers, Protect right? Protect the murderers. Protect the At all people. costs. Yeah. Protect it. And then if you're wondering where David Picton ended up, I don't know where he is currently, but in 1992, he apparently groped a woman oh. at a construction site that he was working on while they were on a break in, a, in one of the construction trailers. And he was charged with sexual assault. He was, this is Canada. He was fined $1,000 and sentenced to one year of probation. Mm -hmm. Sounds like Canada. So I think he had something to do with it. Well, if he's groping ladies. Like, he's I mean? obviously just as messed up. Ugh. Robert Picton. Robert Picton. Just a winner. Winner, winner. Human hot dog meat. Dinner. Dinner. Oh, God. <laughs> You're so welcome. gross. But the thing is, you don't know. You just don't know. What the meat you're eating ate. Well, that was uh, Robert Picton, and I'm so glad you did that. So yeah. I didn't have to. That was horrible. Episode four. Feeling great. Um, <laughs> just keep going back to the the human turd with the needle stuck in. I know. I'm sorry. I'm like just thinking about it. I've got like this picture of this turd in my head with the needle. <laughs> did you take a picture? I think I actually did. <laughs> you actually? Did. I think I actually did. I'm pretty sure I sent it to you. Okay, you guys. We may or I, may not post this. I will try to find. Maybe it. I'll get uh, your husband to like draw a picture of it for like <laughs> <laughs> comical relief. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, Maybe right. that should be our logo. I know. So oh. until next week, keep fit and have fun. Keep fit and have fun. 
definitely don't eat hot dogs. Don't eat hot dogs. See you next week. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye now.